Welcome to the week 15 recap of the 49er Way podcast. It's your host, Jay Sahoda, and we got lots to talk about, as always, on today's episode. The 49ers have finally been eliminated from playoff contention, and we'll get to that and their game versus the Dallas Cowboys at the top of this episode. We'll also get to the rest of week 15's results, including the Chiefs, Bills, and Titans rolling to victories, the Saints and the Steelers falling behind in the playoff standings, and the Rams and the Jets, well... They took huge L's on Sunday. We will also get to the updated playoff standings and see where things stand with just two weeks remaining in the regular season. And of course, we will end the episode as we always end each episode by crowning this week's weekly award winners. And of course, don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on Instagram for more 49ers news and analysis. And let's get everything started by recapping the 49ers game versus the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday and of course heading into this game we all knew that the 49ers playoff chances were very very slim after their loss to Washington in week 14 and the big question was is Nick Mullins going to remain the starting quarterback for the 49ers as Kyle Shanahan previously said the turnovers are be are a huge problem for the 49ers heading into this game and really have been all season turnovers have been a massive problem for this team Kyle Shanahan went with Nick Mullins in this game and well nothing changed the Dallas Cowboys won this one 41 to 33 and I know the scoreline may not look like it but the defense actually played pretty good although giving up 41 points doesn't usually look very good Having said that, the 49ers are now officially eliminated from playoff contention and their one-year stint of going to the playoffs is over and their reign as NFC champions is also over. A brutal loss at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday for the 49ers has them at 5-9 and and will finish in last place in the NFC West and they have officially went from first to last. And it's pretty crazy. I mean, I know in the offseason... There were a lot of people that said a Super Bowl hangover is bound to happen for the 49ers and, you know, it's historically bitten every single Super Bowl loser for the past, at least the past decade. And yeah, I guess you could say the Super Bowl hangover happened for the 49ers because I don't believe that a Super Bowl hangover can either can either be two things. It's either your team regresses or your team you know, some just bad luck and some voodoo stuff happens to your team. The 49ers had a combination of both of that this year. They regressed in some areas and they also got battered by injuries really from the offseason, not even week one, from the offseason when Debo Samuel fractured his foot back in June. So really from there, it was just, it's it has spiraled out of control. And honestly, I'll go even back even further Really, since the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, it has been all downhill from there for the San Francisco 49ers, and nothing has been easy in this year in 2020, and I know it just has not been easy on anyone, but honestly, I think out of every single team in the NFL, the 49ers have to have gotten it the worst. I mean, I know the Jets are 1-13, I know the Jaguars are 1-13, and the Bengals lost their first overall pick for the season. And, you know, I know some teams have had it really bad, but the, the Niners went from being in the Super Bowl, the highest of highs, 
to finishing in last place in the NFC West. That is not what the Niners wanted to do. This was deemed as their revenge tour. And I'll talk more about this when the season actually officially ends after week 17 and kind of recap the entire season as a whole. But, you know, obviously this this season has been a huge disappointment, but I still respect the hell out of what this 49ers team has done from week one to now. Having gone through what they have gone through, I commend Kyle Shanahan. I commend a lot of guys on this football team for fighting through injuries, you know, sacrificing, being away from their families, having to move from Santa Clara. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's crazy. And I know 5-9 and nine is definitely, most certainly not what the 49ers want. And it is not up to their standard, especially coming off of an NFC championship. It is It is not the standard. So... Obviously, the 49ers have a really big offseason ahead of them, but we'll talk more about that once the season actually ends. Of course, the 49ers still have two games remaining. They will play the Cardinals on Saturday in Week 16, and then the Seahawks also in Arizona in Week 17. But yeah, 2020 just, you know, it's funny because the theme of this year has been it's unlike any other any other year right for sports for life and whatever it's it's been a big massive change for everyone not if you're a 49ers fan this season has been like any other 49ers season except for 2019 2018 17 16 15 14 it's been the same narrative injuries i know this year has been easily the worst so I'm not gonna say that has been like every other year the the injuries have been their own separate problem it's been an absolute disaster but in terms of their playing and coming close to winning and and not winning it's it's just been all too similar for 49ers fans and especially these last two weeks have been so much like 2017 and 2018 under Kyle Shanahan and it's been just so frustrating considering after 2019 this was supposed to be you know the next step right it's about how are you going to follow up that 29 and keep that standard of being the NFC champions and I know with all the injuries and stuff this is why I personally would have rather had the 49ers fought and made the playoffs rather than you know tank for a draft pick just because of that standard, I wanted the 49ers to understand that, listen, yeah, we've d- dealt through a lot of crap and, and the injuries have been a disaster. But at the same time, there is a standard there. And it doesn't matter if you're a starter or a backup or a third string or whatever. If you are in the red and gold, you got to go out there and you are expected to ball out, bottom line, and keep that standard there. Even if the Niners finished 9-7 and seven and made the playoffs, you still would have been keeping that standard and that competitive level. But the 49ers have not done that at all. And it's it's just been it's been really disappointing. And finishing in last place, honestly, is not necessarily a bad thing. I, I know, you know, I would have preferred them to make the playoffs, but I'm not complaining. We don't have our starting quarterback. You know, Garoppolo's out, Kittle's out, you know, our running backs are not healthy, the O line is not healthy, and the list goes on. I'm kind of happy we finished in last place because now next year when we get everyone healthy, we get a last place schedule. So it's not it's not a bad thing. I would much rather play Carolina and, you know, Philadelphia or whoever the heck it's going to be in the NFC East than 
New Orleans and Green Bay like we had to do this year. So, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take that. You know, there is a consolation prize for that. And you know what? It worked in 2018. The, the Niners got a, a crap schedule for finishing in third place, and it worked. So hopefully it will work in their favor next season. But Kyle Shanahan went on to say this year has been the most disappointing coaching job so far in his career. And you know what? I don't blame Kyle Shanahan for saying that. Obviously, he is a very competitive guy. He loves to win. He doesn't like to lose. And I know this year has been by far the most frustrated. I can't even imagine to for what it's like to be in Kyle Shanahan's shoes. I can't even imagine to go through the kind of crap that he's had to as a head coach this year. Losing your starting quarterback. Losing George Kittle. You know, the running game hasn't been the same. The O-line's been a mess. You lose Nick Bosa. It, it's been a mess. And then to, to coach that Week 9 game against Green Bay with literally scrubs off the street. I mean, I, I I can't imagine what it's like for Kyle Shanahan, but I know he says that it's the most disappointing coaching job for him. I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and say, no, I admire what Kyle Shanahan has done this season for the 49ers. Five and nine, no, is not going to get you coach of the year. But if the Niners had gone nine and seven and made the playoffs, I would have said Kyle Shanahan honestly deserves a serious look at coach of the year. What he's done, considering what has happened with this team from week one to now, has honestly been incredible. I know 5-9 and nine is a garbage record, but it's honestly not the worst when you look at all the 49ers have been through this season. And again, I'll, I'll talk a lot about more about this in the offseason than I am now, but again, I know Kyle Shanahan holds a certain standard, and especially from going to the Super Bowl last year, you want to you know build off of that, and it's... It's really hard to build off of that when you don't have your stars on the football field, but I certainly don't think this is Kyle Shanahan's most disappointing coaching job so far, but I can absolutely see why he feels that. Um, going into the offseason, fixing the O-line and the quarterback position are, are are huge, and I'll get into the whole quarterback position in a minute, and same with the offensive line, and getting healthier at running back. I think that's really important. Raheem Mostert's fantastic, but he's made out of glass. Jeff Wilson's dealt with some stuff, and honestly, I hope Jerick McKinnon and Tevin Coleman are cut after the end of the season, but... It's again, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, this is a big offseason for the 49ers in this transition period to see which direction they go with. And I know that if they're able to get healthy and keep their core for next season, this is a team that is going to be right there. When I look at the complexion of the NFC, no one is really on the youth side of things except for maybe Arizona. Seattle's good, and I think they'll always be there as long as Russell Wilson's there. The Rams, I don't know about the Rams, especially after Sunday. I don't know what kind of direction they're going to go in. The NFC East is a mess. If Dak Prescott comes back healthy, you know, okay, the Cowboys will be there. But we don't know that for certain when you come off an injury like Dak has. The NFC South, Breeze looks like he's going to retire like any minute now. Tom Brady, you know, still has some elite level left in, in him. But the Bucks have been very up and down. You know, they, they don't look, you know, amazing. So they maybe have like a year or two left in them, and that's about it. And other than that, and then Aaron Rodgers probably has another year or two left in him, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. But you look at everyone else, the NFC is, it's not like the AFC where there is so much youth that, you know, there's going to be four or five teams that are going to be there for the next five, six years. The NFC is wide open. If the Niners get healthy and they make the right moves in the offseason, I don't see a reason as to why they can't be right back in the Super Bowl next year. 
On to the game against the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, yes, there was a game against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. And, well, the reason why I've talked so much about the offseason is because I just don't want to talk about this game. It was just a mess. Team notes, 28 first downs. Dallas only had 15. So you're probably thinking if you didn't watch the game, oh, wow, the, the Niners, 28 first, they, they schooled the Cowboys when it came to moving the ball down the field. Six for 15 on third downs. All right, not bad. One for one on fourth downs. Okay, not too bad. Total yards, 49ers, 458. The Dallas Cowboys, 291. The Niners almost had double the yards that the Dallas Cowboys had. The Niners rushed for over 150 yards. Usually when the Niners run for over 100 yards, it's usually a good thing. 308 passing yards, four penalties, you know... Some came at bad times and whatever, but it wasn't too bad. So you're probably sitting here thinking, well, the Niners had more first downs. They were 6 for 15 on third downs. That's not bad. They almost had, they had over 400 total yards and they rushed for 150 yards. The 49ers had to have won this football game, right? No. No, they did not. They scored over 30 points and they schooled the Cowboys in almost every single statistical category. But why did they lose? I've probably been a broken record for the fast for the for the past six, seven weeks. Turnovers. The 49ers fumbled the ball twice and Nick Mullins threw two interceptions again. Four turnovers. The 49ers forced zero turnovers. That is not gonna win you games. What does this remind you of? 2018. The amount of games that the 49ers have had like this this season is just is just mind-boggling and it is so frustrating. And oh, one more thing. The 49ers controlled the time of possession 34 minutes to 25 minutes. That's not going to win you football games. This is the sixth straight game with two plus turnovers. I mean, oh, oh my goodness. Like I, there's a reason why I just I just don't want to talk too much about this game. It was just so frustrating to watch the Niners waste another great opportunity. Same thing against Washington, same thing against Buffalo, same thing against the Saints, same thing against the Eagles back in week four. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And if the Niners were to have win, won those games, the Niners would be nine and five and not five and nine. It's, it's, it's insane. On to individual notes, Nick Mullins. Oh, Nick Mullins. 21 for 36, 219 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Nick Mullins left the game late in the fourth quarter with an elbow injury. C.J. Beathard had to replace him late in the game. Here's my question. If Kyle Shanahan made it clear after the Washington game that if Nick Mullins continues to turn the ball over, he's not going to be the starter anymore. Nick Mullins fumbled the ball on the second possession of the game. I do not know how short of a leash this is, but there's no way that this is a short leash. This leash has to be at least a meter long. Because I don't know what more Nick Mullins has to do to prove to Kyle Shanahan that we are not going to win football games with him starting as the 49ers quarterback. I don't get it. It's been six straight weeks of literally the exact same thing. The 49ers play good. They move the football down the field. They score points. But we don't win games. Is that not why we play this game to win games? And 
and you know you know what this reminded me of? You know what Nick Mullins has reminded me of in these past few games where we should have won, but we didn't win? Brian Hoyer in 2017. Does that ring a bell to 49ers fans? Brian Hoyer. The 49ers lost five straight games in the beginning of 2017, all by five points or less. The 49ers lost every single game. That is what Nick Mullins reminds me of. He's a good quarterback. He moves the ball down the field. But then when it comes to like making a clutch play, Nick Mullins does not know how to spell clutch. And it's just, it's so frustrating that he's just giving away turnover after turnover after turnover. Like, oh my goodness. I, I, I just, I can't get around it. I, I certainly would hope CJ Beathard is starting on Saturday against the Cardinals. But if he's not... I I don't know what else to say, but it's it's been it's been bad, it's been embarrassing, and it's been frustrating. And I don't know what else Kyle Shanahan needs to see to make a quarterback change. Raheem Mostert had a good day, ran for 68 yards, but left the game with a nagging ankle injury that he's been dealing with all year. Jeff Wilson ran for 60 yards and a touchdown. He had a pretty good day. Kendrick Bourne had a pretty good day, four catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. That crazy hail mary at the end of the game would have been way crazier if that was to win the game. Brandon Ayuk, another crazy day. I mean, this guy's just been the MVP of this team. Nine catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. He was awesome again on defense. Warner and Greenlaw, another great game. Javon Kinlaw, Kerry Hyder, great games. Akella Witherspoon looked very good. I got to shout out to him. He looked a lot more like the Akella Witherspoon from the beginning of 2019 before he got hurt. He looked really good, actually. And Kwan Williams, the return of Kwan Williams, he definitely made an impact, and you could definitely see it. It was nice to have Kwan back in the lineup. And lastly, Eric Armstead, probably his best game of the year. Two sacks, eight tackles. I love to see Eric Armstead have a day like that. And I I hope he continues that momentum into next season. And I I hope so. I think that was more like the Eric Armstead in 2019. But having a healthy Nick Bosa next year, I think should certainly help that. To the injuries, go over them very quickly here. Jimmy Ward left the game with a concussion. Just another 49ers star getting hurt. I mentioned Raheem Mostert, ankle injury. Deion Jordan left the game with a knee injury. George Kittle returned to practice last week. He is a maybe to play on Saturday. I just wouldn't do it. The 49ers have nothing to play for. There's just no point. Jimmy Garoppolo, same thing. I know John Lynch keeps saying that, yeah, you know, maybe we'll try and bring him back. Bring him back for what? The Niners are out. There's nothing to play for. Let him stay healthy, and hopefully he's ready for OTAs. That's all that matters at this point. Jason Verrett also missed this game due to an illness. Hopefully he's back on Saturday versus the Cardinals. So that's a wrap for week 15 and the 49ers obviously are now out of playoff contention, but they will play the Arizona Cardinals on Saturday on Amazon Prime Video, not on national television, oddly enough. But this game, there's not much to play for except for, you know, ruining the Arizona Cardinals playoff hopes and also just playing for identity. Just go out there, play a nice game, get a win and I think the 49ers would most definitely would love to end this season with a win out of one of these two games now that we're, you know, they're, they're out of it. So it doesn't matter. And who's going to start on Sunday? Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard? Honest to God, it probably just does not matter because they're both very similar. They're both turnover machines. But CJ Beathard would be a nice, you know, a nice fresh body to have in there at quarterback. And the guy has an arm. So. If I'm Shanahan, we got nothing to lose. I would just put Beathard in. But then again, that's what I said last week. Clearly, that was not enough. So, 49ers Cardinals, Saturday afternoon. 
Hopefully it's a good game. I certainly hope so. I just, I, at this point, I just want to see some competition. I really do. I want to see some competition and I want to see the 49ers win a football game. That's more than anything would be the most important thing. So to the rest of week 15 around the NFL, we'll start with Thursday night. The Chargers beat the Raiders on Thursday night football in overtime 30-27 to and have just about shut the door on the Las Vegas Raiders playoff hopes for this season. Derek Carr left the game with a groin injury in the first half. Marcus Mariota took over for him and looked pretty good, but it wasn't enough to be Justin Herbert and the Chargers. The Raiders now need to win out and will need a lot of help to get into that 7th spot in the AFC. The Buffalo Bills are AFC East champions. I repeat, somebody not named the New England Patriots have officially won the AFC East. Congratulations to the Bills and the Bills Mafia for the first time since 1995. They are division champions and will host a playoff game. Ralph Wilson would be proud. A blowout massacre over the Denver Broncos on Saturday, 48-19, clinched the division for the Bills. Josh Allen was sensational once again, and so was Stephon Diggs, looking like a huge steal in the offseason as the Bills continue to look in playoff form. And this it's been long overdue for the Bills. This has been a long overdue division championship. Obviously, the, the huge streak and the huge reign of the Patriots for the past few years has been dreadful for the rest of the AFC East, but... It's kind of refreshing to see a new champion win that division. And I I really hope that Bills fans will be allowed in the stadium in January because, man, they deserve it more than ever, man. Screw COVID. Like, the, the Bills have been waiting for this their entire lives. Like, some of these fans have never witnessed it, right? The people who have been born from 1996 onwards have never witnessed this. I certainly hope the Bills... Bills fans are able to enjoy this, and I know they're enjoying it at home, but they deserve to be in that stadium in January. It's a very special moment for the Bills. The Bills are now 11-3 and and are still in the race for the number two seed, so forget just hosting one game. If the Bills get the two seed and they win on wildcard weekend, they get to host again on divisional weekend, so there's still a lot to play for in these next two weeks for the Buffalo Bills. The Green Bay Packers escaped the Carolina Panthers also on Saturday in that doubleheader, 24-16. It wasn't pretty at times for Green Bay, but they held on, and most importantly, they now control their own destiny for the NFC's number one seed and that lone bye weekend. The Packers have looked really, really good at times, and then they've looked kind of, you know, eh at other times, and this was one of those eh kind of games, but they still won, so that's all that matters. Two weeks left, the Packers went out. They are the NFC's number one seed. Tom Brady has done it again against the Atlanta Falcons as the Buccaneers came back from a 24-7 deficit to beat Atlanta 31-27. It was a must-win game for the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they got it done. They'll meet again in two weeks, but the Bucks have inched closer to ending their current 12-year playoff drought. The Buccaneers will play Detroit next week. The Titans crushed the Lions on the heels of another big day from Derrick Henry, Corey Davis, and Ryan Tannehill, 46-25 as the Titans moved to 10-4 and and clinched their first 10-win season since 2008. Very impressive for Mike Variable's squad. Speaking of the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts sweep the Houston Texans 27-20 as as with the Colts winning that game, they keep pace with the Titans as the Colts are also 10-4. 
They are tied with the Titans at the top of the AFC South. That division should come down to Week 17. The Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots 22-12 as the Dolphins keep their playoff hopes alive for that 7th seed, which should come down to Week 17 with the Baltimore Ravens. And with that, the New England Patriots reign as AFC East champions is officially over. It lasted about a decade and a half. What a run for the New England Patriots. First time since 2008. They will not be in the playoffs. And you know what? I don't care what people say about Bill Belichick. This guy did not have a great roster this year. I still think he did what he could with this roster. A lot of his key guys on defense opted out at the beginning of the season. This wide receiver core is just clearly not good enough, and they have to do something to really make that receiving core a lot better. But more importantly, the quarterback position, I mean, Cam Newton was supposed to be a guy that would come in and make a huge impact, and I think a lot of us were really excited to see Cam at the beginning of the season, and he looked really good at the beginning of the season, but later on, things just started to derail for the guy, and I think it might have to do with his shoulder, but who knows, but clearly Cam Newton did not do enough to remain a starter in this league going forward. But tough love for there. But for the Patriots, nah. If they they can you know retool that roster a little bit, the Patriots, they'll still be there. And they got a good draft pick this year for the first time in a very long time. So we'll see what happens there. The Bears beat the Vikings 33-27 in a pivotal NFC playoff implication game. Got a huge day on the ground from David Montgomery who ran for over 140 yards as the Bears improved their playoff chance And now the Vikings have to win out and will need some help. The Bears still need to win out and will need an Arizona loss or two. The Seahawks beat Washington 20-15 to clinch a playoff berth for the 8th time in 9 years in the Russell Wilson-Pete Carroll era. They should have a chance of clinching the NFC West next weekend against the Rams, but we'll see what happens then. As for Washington, the division should end up coming down to the final week, but Washington just has to win one out of their next two games to have the best possible shot to make the playoffs in the NFC East. The Baltimore Ravens destroyed the Jacksonville Jaguars 40-14 as the Ravens are peaking at the right time and keeping their playoff hopes alive. The Cardinals edged the Eagles 32-29. The Cardinals improved their playoff chances with a win, and the Eagles now have to win out and have a sh- or yeah, the Eagles have to win out to have a shot at winning the NFC East. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the New Orleans Saints 32-29. Breeze didn't look very good in his return, but slowly got back into things as expected. But as per usual, it just wasn't enough to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, who were just so potent, and they now control their own destiny for the number one seed in the AFC and that bye week while the Saints took a huge hit and will need to win out and the Packers to lose out to regain the number one seed in the NFC. The Cleveland Browns beat the New York Giants in a slugfest 20-6 to to improve the 10-4. and Can you believe it? The Browns are a 10-win football team and they still have a shot at winning the AFC North, which could come down to Week 17 when the Browns host the Steelers that could be wild. Could be flexed on the night football. Who knows? While the Giants took a huge hit to their division crown hopes in the NFC East. Speaking of the AFC North, those Pittsburgh Steelers who were 11-0, they have now lost three straight. A 27-17 upset by the Cincinnati Bengals and Ryan Finley. The Bengals win against Pittsburgh and hand the Steelers their third straight loss. Wow. All I have to say is wow. I mean I I I mean the Steelers don't have a run game. Their receiving corps 
just haven't done enough to help Ben Roethlisberger. And their offense is as it, they're just so bland. Like I just they there's no flavor and there's no spice to that offense. They're just there's nothing special about it. their defense is ridiculous. They're wasting that defense right now. I know they they've they've gotten some hits to you know their defense with injuries and stuff, but I don't know what's going on with Pittsburgh, but they got Indy and Cleveland in their next two games. Those are hard games. Pittsburgh could end up being a wild card team at the end of this thing. It's just crazy to think that, but I mean, man, all I got to say for Pittsburgh is this. Mike Tomlin is a no-nonsense head coach. How in the heck is he allowing Juju Smith-Schuster to dance around like a clown on midfield of other team stadiums in midfield on their logo on TikTok? Mike Tomlin, no-nonsense head coach, is allowing this kind of nonsense? They've lost three straight, and if I'm Mike Tomlin, I would go to Juju and be like, hey, we're trying to win a Super Bowl, get the heck off of TikTok. Speaking of upsets, this was the L of the week. I mean, I don't even care. It goes both ways. The New York Jets beat the LA Rams. I repeat that. The New York Jets won a football game against the 9-4 LA Rams, 23-20. Let's start with the Jets. I know you want to win a football game. You don't want to end, you know, 0-16. Nobody wants to go 0-16. But you have a chance at getting Trevor Lawrence. And the Jaguars also stink. So you have to keep losing if you want to get Trevor Lawrence. But the Jets thought winning a football game means more to, the fo- means more to them than getting Trevor Lawrence for the future. I get it. You play to win the game. You don't play to lose. You play to win. But man, Jets fans are not happy. And only the New York Jets could pull off winning a game. And yet their fan base still isn't happy. Only the New York Jets could pull off some next stuff like that. What a fail. What an L. The New York Jets continue to be the New York Jets. Hey, Justin Fields is still there, man. Gotta show some love to Justin Fields. He could still be there at number two instead of Trevor Lawrence. He probably will be there at two. The Jets should be able to get him instead. But man, what a what a, a fail for the New York Jets. They win that people are calling the worst win ever. As for the Rams, oh my goodness. They were supposed to play Seattle next week for the NFC West division. The the Rams had a chance to host a playoff game. And they're not going to get that opportunity anymore because they're now going to need to beat Seattle next week and then beat Arizona week 17. The Rams, they have the head-to-head because they beat Seattle earlier in the year. But oh my goodness, losing to the Jets... In week 15, three weeks away from wildcard weekend, and you lost to the Jets who haven't beaten a single... Sean McVay, man. I mean, come on. I mean, listen, I know come on, man, was last night on Monday Night Football, but both these teams, the Jets and the Rams, both deserve a come on, man. The Jets, you win a useless game in week 15, and now you don't get Trevor Lawrence, and then the Rams, Sean McVay and the Rams lose to the winless Jets. Come on, man. That's just that, that is that is an, an epic fail for both teams. That whole game is just is just a fail. And not and not and I'm not even gonna get to the Rams jersey combination with that, you know, the the white or bone or whatever the hell they call it on the yellow pants. I mean, it is an awful uniform combination. I would never ever wear that uniform combination. Then again, they lost to the Jets. I I, I would never wear that uniform combination again. 
On to the Week 15 updated playoff standings. We talked about the Kansas City Chiefs. They are in sole possession of the number one seed. It is theirs to lose. They are now two games above the Bills and the Steelers that sitting at 13-1. They could probably cruise to 15-1. They've clinched the West, the West Division, and they're in control of their own destiny for the number one seed in the AFC. The Buffalo Bills, we talked about them as well. They're 11-3 because they beat the Steelers. They now control their own destiny for the two seed as they play two divisional games left and the Bills are just playing at a ridiculously high level right now. The Steelers sit at the three seed at 11-3. and three. They've clinched a playoff berth, but that division does not look so certain anymore as they just keep derailing and they have two tough football games to finish off the regular season. The Titans sit at 10-4, and four, but the Colts are also there tied at 10-4. and four. The Colts currently sit at the six seed. The Browns are a 10-4 set at the 5 seed. They have the head-to-head over Indianapolis from earlier in the year. And currently, the Miami Dolphins sit in the 7th and final wildcard spot in the AFC at 9-5. In the hunt, the Baltimore Ravens sit there at 9-5. So it's going to come down to the Ravens and the Dolphins in the AFC. And then the Raiders sit at 7-7. But they have a lot of work to do. And it starts with a game against those Dolphins on Saturday night. Big game there. On to the NFC, the Packers, we talked about them. They clinched the North Division, they're 11-3, and and they control their own destiny for the number one seed, so they look pretty good there. The Saints are 10-4, and going to need some help to get that number one seed. They sit in the two seed, but could also drop to the three seed. Seattle is 10-4, and they could move up to the two seed as well. Seattle and New Orleans both have clinched playoff berths, but could still potentially win their division Seattle could potentially lose their division. So could the Saints because the Buccaneers are now 9-5. The Rams are in the 5 seed at 9-5. The Buccaneers are at the 6 seed at 9-5. Washington still has the top spot in the NFC East. All they got to do is win one out of their next two and they should win that division. They sit at 6-8 in the 4 seed. And then in the hunt, or sorry, the Cardinals sit at the 7 seed at 8-6 with their win against Philly. It's pretty much their spot to lose. The Bears and the Vikings sit at the 8-9. The Bears at 7-7. Vikings at 6-8. The Vikings are going to need to beat New Orleans on Friday on Christmas to stay alive. The Bears are going to need to win out and need some help to get in that 7th spot. So there you have it. There's the playoff standing so far. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And going into Week 16, there's some big games with a lot of playoff implications. And we'll start with... The Viking Saints on Christmas Day. Big game there. Both teams need a win on 4.30 on a Friday. That is right. This week we got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday football. Four days of football. Merry Christmas, football fans. The Bucks at the Lions on Saturday. Big game for the Bucks. Dolphins at the Raiders. We talked about Saturday night. Big game there. Colts at the Steelers on Sunday. Huge game. For both of those teams, Colts need that win to stay in the AFC South race. Pittsburgh needs that win to stay in the division race. Panthers at Washington. I think that's a very interesting game. Ron Rivera plays Carolina for the first time since becoming Washington's head coach. That should be a good game there. Washington needs a win to remain in first place. The Eagles at the Cowboys. Huge rivalry game there because the loser is out. So big game there between Jalen. Jalen Hurts has been pretty good so far as the Eagles quarterback. Got to give it to him. Rams at the Seahawks. Big game there. Rams, I don't know, man. They. I, I really don't know about the Rams anymore. This should be a win for Seattle. And then on Sunday night, Packers host the Titans. That should be a fun one. Can't wait for that game. 
And now it's time to crown our week 15 winners for this week's weekly award winners. And we'll start with the Jerry Rice MVP of the week award. The candidates for this week were Stefan Diggs of the Buffalo Bills had a massive day. 11 catches for 147 yards against Denver. He tore it up. In fact, I wanted to make I wanted to make him a candidate last week when he played against Pittsburgh. He had a huge day too, but there were just so many good candidates that I didn't make him one. But after la- after this week's performance, I had to put him in there. Stefan Diggs, man, oh man, he is tearing it up. Him and Josh Allen are becoming a seriously dangerous duo. Calvin Ridley, 10 catches, 163 yards, and a touchdown against Tampa. Calvin Ridley balling out in Julio Jones' absence. David Montgomery had a massive day for Chicago on the ground. 32 carries, 146 yards, and two touchdowns. And lastly, how about Justin Herbert? He's had a really nice rookie season for the Chargers. 22 for 32, 314 yards, and two touchdowns. The winner of the Jerry Rice MVP of the Week award is Justin Herbert. I I mean, I probably would have given this one to Stephon Diggs, but I mean, Justin Herbert balled out. I mean, he really did against that Raiders in against that Raiders team and that defense that just has not been playing very good, especially the fact that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were on a snap count. Justin Herbert did a really nice job with the limited weapons around them. He went out and he balled out. So Justin Herbert, MVP of the week for week 15, well-deserved. And he's had a very good rookie season so far. I think the Chargers are in good hands going forward. You know, the Bill Walsh best, best team of the week for week 15, the candidates were the Baltimore Ravens, their second straight week dropping a 40-burger against Jacksonville. They look really, really dangerous, and I think if they get into the postseason, you do not want to play Lamar Jackson and co. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers came up with a big comeback win against the Atlanta Falcons after trailing 24-7 to win 31-27. The Bucs looked really good on Sunday. The Kansas City Chiefs, Man, they're just rolling, period. And then the Cleveland Browns with a big win against the New York Giants. The winner that you guys voted for the Bill Walsh Best Team of the Week award is the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions. And I I have to agree with this. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are balling right now, but the Kansas City Chiefs have been doing this for like six, seven straight weeks. I mean, it's insane what Kansas City is doing right now, sitting at 13-1. and one. Honestly, they're, they, You can make a good case that they should be 14-0 right now. Kansas City is rolling. They look unbeatable. However, they did take a hit. So you can't say that Kansas City hasn't been perfect and everything has gone right. They did lose Clyde Edwards-Hilaire possibly for the remainder of the season with a hip and an ankle injury. Rest up, young guy, because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is having a great season. I hope he gets well soon. On to the Cody Pickett L of the Week Award. The candidates were, well, I already mentioned the candidates for this week. The Rams losing to the Jets, and then the Jets winning and losing the number one pick. The winner that you guys voted for the Cody Pickett L of the week is the Rams losing to the Jets. And I think I kind of explained this earlier. The Jets winning is just, that's just the New York Jets being the New York Jets. The Jets are just a franchise that just does not seem to get it right and they haven't been able to get it right for the last decade so you know what it wasn't that much of a surprise but the Rams losing to the winless Jets at home in week 15 when you have a chance to play Seattle for the NFC West title in week 16 and then you lose to the winless Jets at home oh man that is most deserving of the L of the week and Sean McVay oh my god oh my god Tough, tough, tough L for Sean McVay and the Rams. 
Raheem Mostert Surprise of the Week award. The candidates were the Jets beating the Rams or the Bengals beating the Steelers. I think both were pretty good candidates here, but the winner of the Raheem Mostert Surprise of the Week award that you guys voted, the New York Jets beating the LA Rams. And of course, of course, this was a surprise. No one saw this coming. You got the 0-13 Jets going to the 9-4 Rams, but we've talked about that game enough. But yeah, it is most definitely a surprise this week. And honestly, the Bengals beating the Steelers was a huge surprise too. 27-17. I mean, no one saw that coming. I mean, I, I got to give the Jets and the Bengals both credits for coming out. They've won three games combined prior to Sunday. Very impressive stuff there. And that'll do it for the week 15 recap of the 49 Away podcast. Hope everyone has a great Christmas and everyone stays safe. And we will see you next week. Of course, get ready for a great week 16. You got Friday night football, Saturday triple header, a Sunday slate, and then you got Monday night football. It's going to be a great weekend for football fans. You got Christmas football. You got NBA starting this week. Oh, it's great. Great time to be a sports fan. So I hope everyone has a safe and great Christmas break. And we will see you next week. And don't forget to give the 49 away a follow on Instagram for more 49ers news and analysis.